It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone. It's the Saturday. We're here. Who are we? We're the Saturday Friends Club. That's oh, okay. why we have an intro. The intro explains that in a robotic voice that I created. Yeah, this one actually sounded more human than usual. I know. It was a little unnerving. <laughs> it, it sounded like the sun from Babe. It could have been an actual person, maybe. Father, I've got you this fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> That was last episode. If you wanted to listen to us talk about Babe, hi, this is the Saturday Friends Club. Apparently, this is the week where this is the uh, set of episodes where we have high bleed. Yes, there's a lot of bleed. <laughs> we're, we're use, we got we got like real like real fibery paper and a very like messy pen. Yeah, sorry. I promise we'll be more professional next time. No, no, we don't. <laughs> don't 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 promise things look, look, we can't commit to. It's it's a low bar. Okay. Well, I just means... we would be professional, just more professional. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Josh. Eric's here. I'm here. We've got Mags. Yeah, right here. Yeah, and uh, we're we're here in the studio on another Saturday. By the way, we record these all three at a time, so we've been sitting in the same studio for three hours. It's quite warm. Oh, yeah. It's very warm, and I made the mistake of wearing a flannel, and I look really <laughs> good, but also I'm super sweaty. I mean, you are wearing <laughs> layers. You could technically take off the flannel. I know, but like, at this point, I think that I'm sweaty enough that like, you could smell it if I took it off. I mean, we're friends here. Is that what flannel is that flannel's used for? To absorb? Uh, yeah, like... Yeah. Would Canada? What would happen if the Canadians stopped wearing all their flannel? Just well, it's cold enough that they're probably not sweating. They okay, need it for heat. True. Whereas, like, I'm trying to like now mitigate my sweatiness in a public environment. It's <laughs> one of those things where you're Ugh. just like, I'm going to continue to be bad just for my own sake and everyone <laughs> around me. Yeah, I just won't take off this jacket because then you'll be able to swallow. Stay much. away from me. This jacket yeah. is making me sweat. It's one of those also terrible things where you're wearing a gray shirt, which feels like it's the like number one source of being able to see sweat lines. God, yeah. Like, it's like what, being in gym class. Yeah, like what oh, is it? It is that heathered gray. It's a NASA shirt. Yeah, it's it's like a it's a gray sh- like that heathered gray is like patently made to be like I am sweating now. Right, it's like meant to embarrass people. <laughs> like, hi, uh, we're people who do athletic things, and so we don't sweat very much. But you there, fatty. <laughs> I don't know. Even for people that work out, they seem to wear it just to be like, Hey, do you see how sweaty I am? <laughs> so sweaty. Like we're starting up with this wholesome discussion because it actually does kind of tie into this show. Maybe a little this bit. This is a sweaty kind of show. <laughs> Little... Yeah, it does. It has like a sort of humid stickiness to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it happens in the middle of Texas. Which is a terrible. Texas. No, I mean, hey, well, I mean, we're talking about the no, general no Dallas, the, the general Dallas Fort Worth area. Mm, true. Okay. I mean, it's it, it does I've get been humid. through Dallas Fort Worth. My own... That was the only place I've seen a car with spikes on its wheels longer than six inches. <laughs> My my memory of of Texas is that we've been stuck there on layover like sometimes and. All I remember is, like, smelling pollution in the air and going to Olive Garden. Big belt buckles. No. As the person who has spent time around the Dallas area. Gross. Yeah. Uh, it is, Sorry. It is full of a few things that I could recall. Um, it, tons and tons of barbecue. Lots of wide open spaces. Uh, and, like, condom stores every 10 feet. Wait, and propane and propane accessories. Just, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. A store that just sells condoms? <laughs> they always call them condom stores. I know that there are stores that probably sell far more than condoms. But is we it... had to leave the state to find a store like that. But no, but they are specifically an like old, an old Kentuck. 
Yeah. It, it's, it would be like Condom Depot. Then you go down to another Wait, it's one. it's called it's, the Condom Depot? They were always started with condoms, but th- they were like a different store, and they were, were they, all over the place. Were they like a convenience store, or was it no. like... What? Like a sex shop? Yeah. Was, I think they were like a sex shop. Oh, but that's... So, we didn't go inside. Oh, okay, so like part of this might be that like for a while there in Texas, you couldn't sell sex toys without like physician approval. Thank God. <laughs> I know, right? Like... I mean, people having too much. And anyway, uh, yeah. so it might be that they were primarily selling one thing, like that might be like some legal trickery. Well, I bet it's also a legal trickery of what they are allowed to say. So yeah, because, or allowed to advertise. So because they're say like condoms, they're like, oh, okay, that's fine. If it's that, then children won't be offended by the fact that there's a condom, except. The people I, that maybe get it's it. like you can't sell them at, at like grocery and stores and gas stations like you can here. There might be. I don't know. Texas is an odd place. This is I, weird. I'm sure it's also that area could it could very well be like one of those cities that allows it, but the cities around it don't allow it. And you know, it's a whole bunch of like really it's, repressed it's a, it's rules. A, it's a great system that totally works fine and makes total sense. All of Just, the time, nobody. It's not super easy to get around at all. I, I imagine now in Texas is one place where in a single store I could buy condoms and a cowboy and like cowboy boots. That sounds just like in a scene and from King of the gone. Hill. Ooh, just like a scene from King of the Hill. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we do things down here. I tried to give you a segue earlier with propane and propane accessories, but I, you didn't bite. I know, I know. But then we got lost in the condom store business. Yeah, I mean, so. I, to be fair, you did just say Condom Depot, and I'm just and we're like, like, hold on, hold on, back, back, back <laughs> up the truck How could you not here. follow that? <laughs> yeah, I was over the Condom Depot. <laughs> you buy them by the crate, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a lot easier to, like, roll the... 55 gallon barrel of lube onto your truck than it is like have, to get it from Amazon. Okay, this is a real side saver, but whenever you bring up the 55 gallon drum of lube. Wait, hold a second. I would like to sidebar and then, like, I'm not the only person who brings that up. Don't make that my brand. There's, I, I, I have it saved and it's like the greatest Amazon, like, what you might also like thing. And it's like, what was it? It was something and it was like, the, the, like here's what you might also like. And it's like 55 gallon drum of lube. Yellow cake uranium, uh, like testicular self exam, like kit, and like rubber horse mask. <laughs> wow, and it was all like, and it was all like on the it I'm was, too boring for that kind of Amazon. <laughs> I need to go, well, I need, yeah, I need to go find it. I have it screen capped because it's like, it's amazing. What life do you live? Yeah, like the best kind, I think. <laughs> living on the edge like whatever you're doing like one you have enough money to do it and two like clearly oh, it's that, something you enjoy yeah, that, no that fish gallon drum of lube is like a thousand dollars yeah it's enormous but you <laughs> that's can get what it for she sale said on amazon and that uh that that amazon listing is that of mad dog murdoch anyway <laughs> i look i just want to i hope that like every amazon warehouse has like six of those drums <laughs> one of these days one of these days gonna i'm gonna get to mail that out yeah, there's, there's, there's like an office pool about it <laughs> They're, yeah, there's just a guy. Guys, guys, it's going. It's going. We got one. <laughs> finally, finally. George, you haven't been here for one of these. Come on, buddy. Uh, I just love it. There's a, and then there's an Amazon drone that's like trying to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> can't get off the ground. A little slow. Oh, and like it spills it. And then it has a slippery and it can't take it off and it's at home. Like what happens to that bot? Oh, no. He doesn't understand what's going on. Yes, it's like the cloth thing. Clunk, clunk. Oh, so king of the hill, oh boy. <laughs> uh, you 
can always tell the third episode. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a little punchy. It's a little fun. Uh, okay. uh, but yes, this is my choice. Uh, as said, the last time I did a choice, I did a very bad job. Mm, you did you did a bad, bad thing. I may have done mall rats and forgot just how bad that actually was. Hey. Super glad I missed that one. Yeah, you that... are. It was very offensive. Yeah, I, I felt upset that I showed, yes. made people watch that. Oh. Um, I hope the next. Not the way about Moulin Rouge. The last time I watched it. Oh, really? Is that one like? I, is it like super rapey? A uh, little. No. Okay. I mean, like it's a little bit. It's uh, there's some. But like there's very, yeah, very it's... sexual harassmenty. There's yeah. some slut shaming. Yeah, like... there's a lot of slut shaming. And I'm like, hey, you're the one who's dating someone oh. whose job is literally to sleep God. with people. Like, however you feel about sex workers. Like, uh, you walked in on this. Like, this was what you decided to do. Right. Like, you can't then get upset about all these whores. I'm Jude Law. <laughs> yeah, my no, record. My record you, you is McGregor. Ian McGregor. Yeah. Ian McGregor. Oh, is he yeah. yeah, and he can actually sing. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. that movie needs to stay in 2005. Yeah, yeah. We we probably will watch it at some point, and, I'll, <laughs> and we, we we can continue to be let's, sad about. Let's do it with a lot of red wine. Yeah. Yeah. We can make that one a drinking game. We'll so a really bad hangover. Here's an interesting point. I did not like King of the Hill. When it came out the first time? When it came out the first time. I remember also kind of watching it and like, I don't get this. It's, I, it's like, I'm going to go watch The Simpsons. I I really liked it. I, I was, uh, I, like, I grew up in, uh, like, a semi-rural Kentucky. Um, uh, like, this spoke to me in a way that, like, a lot of other TV didn't. You know, like, these aren't people who live in big cities. These aren't people who have, like... These aren't, these aren't your fancy coastal liberal elites. I mean, I, obviously, I didn't have the language for that then, but, like, these are people who have small jobs, and they're not, like, ad executives managing a big accounts. Like, they don't work at a bank, or if they do, like, they work at, like, a branch. Right. You know, like, these are people who have, like, quote-unquote mundane jobs, like, every day, what have you. Um, uh, and I, I really liked it, and I thought that, like, I was just beginning to sort of liberalize. I was just sort of waking up to, like, how fun it was to criticize people I thought that were dumb, and I thought that King of the Hill did a pretty good job of, like, still upholding sort of like those rural values but like poking fun at the stuff that was truly dumb and harmful without like necessarily perpetuating that i don't feel that way today the the odd point for me was that i grew up in the like shadow of a large city which was atlanta so a southern a su what is that nothing okay that was weird. Um, but it's almost like we live in a metropolitan area of over five million now. Yeah, we know. We know you're from Georgia. Well, just in case you didn't know from the slight drawl, <laughs> there, there you are, Georgia, just yeah. north of Florida. The Georgia Florida <laughs> line. Please <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> you're better than this, Josh. <laughs> uh, just gonna put the kibosh on that one right now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, Look, but I love country music. <laughs> and that's why I hate Florida Georgia Line. Um, but the thing is, is that, like, I think for the longest time, especially once I got kind of older in Georgia, like, I didn't like the fact that I was Southern. And I didn't like that fact because I didn't agree with, like, the fact that you could drive around and find people with the rebel flag on their houses. And that, was, that wasn't like cool and good. No, I, I still pisses me off for good reason. Yeah. I the didn't. only Confederate flag that matters is white. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one and I don't a, mean that as like supporting white power. I mean like the surrender one. flag. Yeah. I realize that joke works better as a visual. Yes, but visual uh, jokes on the audio podcast. <laughs> um, I always was very like. There's a, a big. Um, there's an area in Georgia in the metropolitan area called Stone Mountain. It's this amazing, like looking 
like piece of granite that's just this enormous granite bubble and it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's it, you know there's no other mountains around but there's this large granite bubble and they decided in the seven the 50s to 70s to carve a bunch of confederate generals on it because oh. that's a good idea i wonder if that had anything to do with the fact that the civil rights era was beginning then and that these people of you know like people who have been previously impressed were demanding their rights and why would you carve these like, I'm sure it's not an intimidation well, no, no. tactic they, at all. They just finally got around to, we really should honor the heroes of the Confederacy. Well, and Literal it also, traitors. Yeah, it also didn't have anything to do that it was the meeting grounds of the KKK. So No, no that has nothing they, to do with intimidating people who are asking just, for their rights. They're just rock formation enthusiasts. And the fact that they were part of a like a like racist murder organization was just purely coincidental. The way that they try and get away with it in Stone Mountain is amazing because they're like, oh, but we also used the same granite and sent it up to Washington for the Lincoln Memorial. And I'm like, that huh? doesn't give you a pass. You still until it. you blow this one up and use that granite to build a memorial. You still, you still, you have, still have a memorial to traitors and murderers. Yeah, you still have like you still have fucking Robert E. Lee engraved in this mountainside. Yeah, Stonewall. Even been, though Robert E. Lee didn't want to be known, like even though he asked yeah. for this not to happen. Yeah. Okay. So this is just a just the statement of <laughs> we like we have another podcast. We can yeah, make Robert, another podcast Robert where Josh e. Lee, and I yell about being Southerners and angry at Confederates. Slightly controversial, maybe is like Robert E. Lee might be one of the more sympathetic like people who were in the Confederacy. Well, all all that aside, I grew up with I a, will, yeah. a I grew up with a like good amount of not liking to be Southern when I was growing up, just because of that. Because I was surrounded by people that were like, "Woo, NASCAR." <laughs> Go away, dweeb. And I'm like, oh, I hate you guys. How dare you think about the, things? Yeah, I'm going to go no, lark in the you. woods. Yeah. But, yeah. Definitely <laughs> did that by the library. It yeah. was a beautiful little river. So for me, like the, the, that's the weird thing about King of the Hills that when I originally approached it, I'm like, why would I want to watch a show about these rednecks and they don't do anything? Like they just <laughs> hang around. Like I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Like I don't like this show. And it wasn't until I became like a little bit older and I kind of accepted a little bit more of who I was. And the fact that I was Southern, but not like the ethos of what Southern means that I was like, oh, no, I get it. And I totally know these people. Yes. And I was totally able to kind of take back and go and look at it and go, you know, this is actually okay. Actually, I might even like this. I think we discussed this on the episode (laughs) when we did uh, Idiocracy, which is that like this is we mentioned like Mike Judge. And then this show is this kind of like odd love letter or sort of. He's clearly like taking the piss out of these people, but it's like, but it's like a, it's it's somewhat of a loving tribute. Well, like it feels like it's it's laughing from the inside. Yes, like well, they're 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 not human characters, right? They're real humans, and they're not the like the sort of like hillbilly hee haw sort of like they're all idiots, and like there's nothing moral among them, and like so like not to bring class (laughs) into a discussion where we're talking about white southerners, but like. Like, there's a real class divide in the South. And, right. like, I'm not saying that that's the most important thing to talk about Southern heritage. Like, yo, buddy, I'm not. <laughs> that's a lot of complicated discussions that maybe aren't suited for this podcast. But, like, rednecks especially, like, get made fun of. And, like, right. like as totally worthless people. Like, white trash isn't, like, an affectionate nickname. Right. It's, like, these are the kind of people that, like, we don't want around. And they're not good enough to be members of real society. And it is not making fun of poor white people like that. Like, it is at a, like, a these are our people and like, this is my uncle or like, this is my dad or like, these are my neighbors. And like, that's the sort of feeling you have for it. That King of the Hill gets. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's a lot of it. And I'm sure we're going to get into it a bit more because remember you know, how you were asking about my political podcast last <laughs> yeah. episode. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, I'm sure that we're going to get into it because there's 
like one of the aspects that I enjoy about the show is the fact that I don't agree with the characters sometimes. So I'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit of the politics. So get ready, guys. We might be going on to 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 talk a little bit about that. So forewarnings. Um, but yeah, I want to go ahead and talk about. So how about we go ahead and settle in for an episode of King of the Hill. I also super love intros that are only 30 minutes, 30 seconds. <laughs> right. Like it's a good intro. Like it is it's just, yeah, it's jazzy, it's jingly. Yeah. Uh, like it fits the, the, the thing that they made. It doesn't go on forever. There are no words, you know, like it, there it's, are no words. <laughs> the the A-team... Right, like it's no, it's no hindrance to binge watching it. Right. Yeah. The A-team intro is like a full minute 30. Like it takes forever. <laughs> that is the one like negative of just like ones from that time is like, here's an entire show. Right. We have to give you the whole the whole thing because you're not going to be able to look up the story on the internet and we want to you if you've just switched over to this for the first time to be able to pick it up that is not likely the case sure. King of the Hill. so king of the hill is an american animated sitcom created by mike judge and grand greg daniels that ran from january 12th 1997 to may 6 2010 on fox it centers on the hills a middle-class american family in the fiction fictional city of Arlen, Texas. It attempts to maintain a realistic approach seeking humor in the conventional and mundane aspects of everyday life. Also, uh, the fact that um, Hank Hill originally started in a Beavis and Butthead sketch. Or oh, more or less. Yeah. Yes, I have yeah. heard that fact before. <laughs> yeah, he was in a few of those. He was even in the movie, too, where he shows up and, you know, those boys are whacking off in my shed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, remember that? That boy ain't right. Oh, God. He definitely says that, too. Yep. So. Um, but, yeah, King of the Hill is... So, we did three episodes. So... And I, I think it's funny. Like, I only vaguely... I only watched, like, a handful of episodes of this show, and you picked two of them that I've seen before. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing about King of the Hill is that there is... A, unlike a lot of shows where you go and find a list that will generally be like, oh yeah, these are the definitely the ones you need to see and these are the maybes. These are all across the board. Like you ask one person and they go for this particular group or that particular group. There's only one that people generally say that you must watch and that's only because it is meme. It's made <laughs> for memes. It, it, it has become a meme. <laughs> yes. Uh, so those episodes are going to be um, Jumping Crack Bass, um, pretty pretty dresses and Bobby goes nuts are episodes that we are going to be covering. Um, <clears throat> probably a pretty short explanation all, on all these. Uh, basically, we'll go ahead and start with the first one that we watched, which was Jump and Crack Bass. Yeah, yeah, this is what I remember seeing. So this is an episode where um Hank is pretty much stating that he's the he he fishes the honorable way. Well, this is like this is a reoccurring theme is that he's such a he's such an American Joe that it's like. He's going to teach his son how to fish and the way they always do it. And they've always done it before is with real earthworms that you dig out of the ground, Bobby. Yep. Me. Yeah. No, like Hank Hill is always sort of presented as like the moral center of his universe. Yeah, he's, he's like a principled every man kind of character, whether or not you might agree with him. That's it. That's his. That is his role in this show. I have more complicated feelings than that, <laughs> but I, I'll leave those till later. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Well, I will try to cut that to like a five minute segment at the end. You can tune out for that if you don't want to. I'll just port down this microphone just a little bit. Uh, yeah. There's a Mags's political podcast <laughs> slider on your other board over there. And you are done. <laughs> that was your 47 seconds, Mags. Um, but yes, yeah, so basically he is, you know, with Bobby trying to get earthworms early in the morning. Uh, his car is nearly broken into. He does a citizen's arrest because that's the kind of weirdo he is. Uh, takes the guy to jail. Well, I mean, like, this is, again, like, uh, in another instance of, like, him being sort of the moral center. Like, he like he even points out that, like, he could kick this guy's ass. He doesn't. Like, he goes to court, you know? But, but there's also another episode where he actually goes and takes anger management where it actually shows all the time he does go and kick people's asses. <laughs> and all the times he does lash out. Yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm saying that, like, the framing the show puts on in this episode and it can be inconsistent and that's yeah yeah but uh so yeah the guy goes to jail the judge is pretty much just like oh you're you know a nice honorable guy um then he goes and goes fishing um but has a bad time fishing because the fish don't eat the worms and yeah his boom his his other friends uh boom howard dale and um else is with him uh, let me see. What is his French French name? His bio name? Bill. 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 Um, they're they're all fishing and uh, Frank, Hank's not catching anything, and they're all using like power bait and like scented garlic scented lures. lures. Yeah, I've done a little fishing in my life, so I know that like there's a whole lot of gugas you can go. Oh for. yeah, there used to be this set of stormy um, lures that my brother and I would get that were like chartreuse on the top, and they smelled no joke like pepper and like slightly like grease, and like <laughs> it was an overpowering pepper smell the minute you opened that package. What did it work? Uh, no. no, we never caught anything. No, that's too bad. In our in our defense, the heyday of crappie fishing in those lakes was long gone. <laughs> so he's having a bad chance, uh, bad luck with that. He decides after it's all done, he's going to go back to the bait shop. By the way, he's telling Bobby the entire time, like, listen, the purpose of fishing is not about catching fish. It's about just being out there and enjoying the water and spending time. And the fish is just a bonus. Yeah. yeah. So he goes out to his local bait shop. The bait shop owners <laughs> just like. You know, ah, oh, well, you know, you're moving business away. This isn't good. Yeah, you move out to this earthworm. He's being driven out of business by, like, the Walmart stand-in. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's, like, pouring gasoline yes. all over. The whole time Hank's there, he's, like, in the background, he's, like, pouring gas. Behind the and, counter, he's yeah. pouring gas on the, like, napkins and throwing them into a thing and then, like, dumping more gasoline behind the counter. <laughs> Which is another, like, of the weird points of, like, the way that they do their comedy in this. The show is, like, is, can go back and forth between very slapstick and, like, very realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it actually managed that fairly well most yeah. of the time. So uh, the bait owner, the bait shop owner, pretty much goes like, "Hey, listen, there's a guy that I know. He's at this corner. Just go check him out. He's got like some special bait. Maybe you could use that." And he, and you know, he goes out and goes and finds this guy. Wait, that, goes out into like the projects. Yeah, like this real sketchy area. Goes out and he finds this guy, and you know, he's just like, "Hey, you got the uh, the bait?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, oh. yeah, I got your bait. I got your bait right here. Yeah, you need that. What you calling it? You calling it bait? Yeah." He buys a. He seemingly buys a lot of crack for twenty bucks. <laughs> right? Like, what? I don't buy crack, but like three vials like that's got to be. I'm just a lot. on a hunch Feels there. Like yeah. a lot. Like I've seen crack pipes. They're not very big, and I don't like. From what I know of, of like people, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm making a lot of generalizations here. I guess. Like, so. it does feel like a lot of crack for $20. He got a good deal. Well, yeah. In any case, he goes, he uses this bait. I don't know what well, you're talking about. He's so it. he's such a, like, dad, and he's actually so innocent to this. He he buys crack from this, like, like total tweaker guy. 
um, and thinking it's like it's the special bait, and it pulls back, and the the actual bait guy is just on the other corner, and he like totally misses him, right? Like six foot away, or yes. something really like that, just literally around the, so the he, corner. He, he's so he's so like naive that he buys like he, he buys like rocks of crack and is going to fish with it. Yeah, which he does. He goes and fishes with the crack and immediately gets a fish, <laughs> and all of his you know buddies are like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" Like another fish shows up. And he's just pulling up fish left and right, and all of his buddies and are like, the same Geez. fish keeps coming back. Yeah, there's one with a red spot on her head. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that happens, and then kind of a cascade of events is, like, his buddies are like, hey, where, where are you getting that bait? You know, and he's like, no, that's what you mean? They're earthworms. They're not, I wouldn't be using any special bait. I, I, like, the, I like the conceit of, like, he, fishing is his way to relax, and then he's like becomes addicted to fishing because he's using crack. It's like the mind, the minute anything mildly like an inconvenient thing inconvenient happens, he's like, "All right, time to go fishing." That was that was <laughs> that is I, true. I, I laughed pretty good at that. Like, yeah, I mean that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, then I also, his, like when Dale breaks into his house to steal the bait, and he's got his like home defense weed whacker. <laughs> and he's out literally about to cut his friend. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm oh, out. No, sorry, termite, termite inspection. You passed." And then he scrambles out. Yeah. I love Dale. Yeah, his Dale uh, is amazing. <laughs> his friends then try it and they're all getting super successful on it, but that's when they find out like the same fish are coming back. And then later on they discover like, wait, the fish aren't biting anymore. Yeah. So they can't do it. They're desensitized to the crackbait. Yeah. So he goes back to the guy he got it from the first time, is like, hey, I need something stronger, and Dale shows up too, because Dale's just like, Hey, I need to figure out who your supplier was. Um, to which they get caught by the cops. Yep, they get arrested, they get taken in front of the same judge. And this is like a no-nonsense judge that they made a point of saying earlier. Uh, like, he didn't, uh, with the guy who tried to break into Hank's truck, uh, he didn't send him to jail. He's like, oh, they'll just teach you to be a better truck thief in jail. Uh, you like trucks so much, you're going to live in a truck. Nine yeah, days, you live in a truck cab. He's f- famous for his creative sentencing. Yes. Which I don't know if that's legal, but okay. Um, it's It's been a thing that has been on and off popular before. Mm. Um, and it depends entirely on your yeah. judicialities, uh, where you are, what state you're in. Mm. Judges have only a lot of just sort of writ power. It's weird. The, I, the I, legal system in general is just sort of like... Screwy. Yeah. Well, Not like, well, like the set, like, com- so we have a common law system, which means that, like, do either of you watch football? Not really. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, like... I mean, are we talking American football or the footies ball? Um, American football. football. I would have called it soccer. I know where I am. Um, uh, So so there's a thing with the American uh, football league, the NFL, um, where the league has not defined satisfactorily what it catches. But you and I know what it means to catch a ball. Um, And so that's like the common, that's like common laws. Like everybody knows what it catches. And then like you have written down laws that are like, well, we have to like define stuff. Um, and so we live in a common law system and sometimes they're, they're just sort of like, this is under, it is understood. This is how this works until somebody questions it. Um, and so like you get judges doing that until somebody says, no, you, you can't do that. That's not fair. Okay. So like it's happened. Um, there was, I think a big, like there was a, a really famous judge that did it for a while there, uh, when this episode aired. And so like, it was a direct commentary. They were also King of the Hill did a really good job. I think, um, generally staying topical without being like, uh, like aging it necessarily. Yeah. So uh, basically, Hank's like, listen, I didn't know this was crack. I was using it for bait. And the judge is like, okay, you were using it for bait? Prove it. Now we're going to go out on the lake, catch a fish with some crack, and then it's fine. And he's like, but the fish are not taking it anymore. And he's like, too bad. You got to prove it. So he and Dale go out onto the boat, 
try and fish with crack. I don't know why they don't. Just... Dale, Dale uh, seeds the lake with a frozen bath. <laughs> and why did you buy? Why did you buy a, like, an unfrozen fish? I had a, a coupon. coupon. <laughs> why also? Why didn't you just go to a different lake? Well, they're ostensibly not sensitized to crack. It's Texas. It's sort of famous for being dry. Uh, so uh, they're lucky to have a lake. Yeah. So it's like the last five minutes. You know, he's just like, I'm going to go to jail because of this. The fact that none of these fish is just like, he notices some earthworms still wigging, wiggling around in his tackle box. He grabs one. And, and Dale says, don't do it. He'll double our sentences. But he does it anyway. And then when he, uh, when finally the time has run out, he pulls a tiny little fish. But it counts. But it counts. And he doesn't go to jail. And that's essentially the episode. That's a fun one. No, it, uh, that is one I picked because it is explaining the moral center of Hank, which is the fact that he is the good man Willing trying to, sell to be out the good his man. Morals at the first opportunity. Sorry, just want to <laughs> point out that's literally what happens. It is. Uh, well, also the fact that he like is completely oblivious, but when it the like. The situation arises. He's so dug in that he kind of just keeps going with it. I, th I think an overarching theme seems to be he has these like these very like old school ideas about America and what it means to be a father and a member of the community. And he is constant like that is challenged frequently. And so he kind of like and I, I kind of took it as like this is a a character from like a show from the fifties being confronted with more mo like more modern sensibilities. And it shows like he he really will he'll bend he'll bend on occasion. All right, say it, Mags. You're you're holding something back. I just like one of the, like one of the things that I don't like about this episode is that like it's not that Hank is pointed as like or painted I think as naive, but that he lives an unexamined life. Oh, I'm, yeah. oh, absolutely. You know? uh, uh, like I'm not raising that as a point of contention. But by the ending of the show, like, the fact that the earthworms are what solves the problem, um, like, it's sort of, I think it frames it as living an unexamined life is actually the best way to do it. And I, like, I think that's an incredible disservice to, like, literally everyone. Hmm. And, like, I realize, like, that's a value thing. Some people do just like to, like, prefer a simple life. And some people like to examine, you know, like, live an examined life and question things. Um, and I just think that, like, part of the problem with, like, Southern living is that for too long, we didn't question things and living an unexamined life allows for like bad things to keep happening that's fair um and like that's a lot of how i feel about king of the hill right in, now in general like yeah. as a spoiler for my end opinion it's like like i think a lot of these things are going by unexamined and they need to be examined um well it, it, a lot of them end with like and it turns out what we believed in the beginning was right all along right and it's just like that's very unsatisfying <laughs> Like it's narratively unsatisfying. Well, like I mean, and... it can be narratively unsatisfying if what you're looking for is to reinforce your worldview, right? And like, uh, I'm I'm not looking to re anyway. Yeah, yeah. so that's well, how I feel. I'm, about I'm trying to like I don't feel that way when I when I look at it, but I'm trying to kind of come to terms of what I'm feeling from it. Like maybe I don't ascribe as much of like a, a morality tale as much as just his general like. One thing that that I feel that the show is the show details is ignorance. But I don't think a malicious type of ignorance. But I don't think something has to be malicious to be either harmful. bad, 
harmful or like needing to change. Right. But I believe like, that- And that's what I mean about like that unexamined life. Hank doesn't think he's doing something wrong. That doesn't mean he's not. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't need to look like it just means that he's not like an actively evil person. Right. Well, and I don't think I mean, I would say that um, this episode is not about that. There certainly are episodes where he has a like set. Both of the next episodes. I have <laughs> a lot to say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I really don't think that Hank's a bad guy. I just think that like that I, for at least me, for me and the way that I live my life, like having Hank come back to status quo is like, it's not, it's not growth. It's not satisfying. And like, it speaks personally. And like, this is incredibly like a thing that is about like me and my lived experiences. Like it speaks very personally to like why I, why I left the South. Why, like, despite incredible housing pressure here in the Bay Area, uh, like, I haven't gone back, you know, like, the things that keep me uh, from going back and, like, feeling safe as a person, you know, like, like yeah. these things are, like, incredibly, like, these are big things in my life right now. Right, right. You know, and so, like, like, I understand it's not going to be as, as big of a thing for everyone else, but, like, it is sitting really heavily as I well, watch I mean, these. And, like, part of it is that I really liked King of the Hill when I was a kid or, like, a young adult, like a teenager or whatever. Like, and so to come back as this very different person in a very different time, like, it's, like. Well, and I, I mean, we can, I, yeah. I'm very happy, or I'm not sure happy to say, like, we are very different people. Yeah. You know, and even though I think. Yeah, we're going to take different things away from Yeah, this. yeah. I, I, well, I mean, and the fact that my returning and you returning, like, we have different things that we would benefit and lose from that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, me, I would, I think it's probably easy to say that if I returned, my status would differ little that could probably be very different on your side yeah like as a trans person going back to the south it's just terrifying i i would also say to your point uh i think um especially the next episode if, if are we doing i the, if the uh bobby goes nuts one that was one that i i was i was like okay i i was like raging a little bit about it was a funny episode but like the me like the message of it and we'll, we'll talk about it but yeah, yeah. yeah. I i'm think not it, super in love with the other one anyway yeah. No, no, no. I, well, I, yeah. I, I know. I think I know where you're going. With this yeah. One. All right. So the next one, pretty, pretty dresses. Ooh, it's the Christmas episode, and basically is the entire fact that Bill becomes suicidal because he is missing his ex-wife Lenore. I just want to say at the top, this one, this one tackles neither mental health issues nor like uh, gender issues. Gender like, issues either either well. Like, well, it doesn't. Like, I don't. Yeah. God. <laughs> I, I guess we should go through the synopsis and then talk about, like, this is what a, are you trying well, to say? King this of is the a Hill? very 90s episode, well, I think. Uh, it is. I'll, I'll stay on this. So just a quick synopsis is basically Dale is heartbroken, missing Lenore. Bill. Or Bill Bill, Bill. Bill. Bill is missing Lenore. Uh, at one point, Hank comes in attempting to, like, just do the, like, hard, like, she's not coming back. She's never coming back. Get rid of all this stuff. You know, just, like you know, that hard, hard love. love. Yeah. yeah. Um, and basically it causes Bill to snap, um, to which, uh, he then just takes on the persona that if Lenore isn't around, then I'll just be Lenore, uh, has a mental breakdown, which leads to an uncomfortable situation at the Christmas party, which then later leads to <clears throat> Hank dressing up in one of Peggy's dresses. Right. Yeah. So like, uh, in the bright side of this episode, when Bill needs his friends, they're there for him. None of them are seasoned mental health professionals. <laughs> uh, a, a life as a, a rural, like, American doesn't give you, like, a great emotional toolbox to deal with this sort of breakdown. 
but they're all there for him. Like his community wants him to be better and they're willing to do the work, even if they're not good at it. Like they want him to be better and they want him to like get through this and they want to help him through it. And like, that's absolutely like, yeah. And they're all banding together. Like they're taking they're, shifts. And, they're like, organizing, like they're talking to each other about how, what they think that is going on with Bill and how they can help him better. You know, uh, it, like this, this, like, despite my problems with this episode, like I think it shows a lot of heart and like a lot of what like does band rule communities together. And like, it, like it's it was it was heartwarming until, yeah. So then he has the talk out on the street with with uh with Lenore talking to Lenore because Hank is playing as Lenore, yeah, and pretty much just giving the giving a like having Lenore speak to Bill and state the reasons that why they are no longer together. Yeah, I do like that Hank's reaction to like. So people start saying things to Bill when he's wearing the dress at the party. Uh, you know, like this isn't a liberal Hollywood, blah 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 blah, and start some like really shitty talk. Oh know? yeah. Um, but I think what Hank does is really cool, and that he goes and puts on one of Peggy's dresses, and is like, yeah, it's that kind of party. Like he's trying to immediately normalize the behavior and take the attention off of his grieving friend who is in a bad place. Like, uh, I don't hate Hank. I think like he's generally like I think that he's like uh, slightly misguided, but like that his heart isn't the right place. Like he yeah. wants to be a good friend, and he's doing the best. Um, I think the shitty transphobic jokes are not great. I think that the old, like presenting a man in a like a man in a dress uh, that's as like, a psychic that's, break is well, like and then it's it's a gag in and of itself. Yeah, like yeah, like it's just it's very it is very it feels real now. weird to laugh at this guy who's like in a dark place. Like and it's like there's the gag like he tries to commit suicide like six or seven different times in the episode. Right, and it's it's like I don't want to laugh at that. It's like, uncomfortable. Yeah, like even if you've never been close to suicide, like. If this, if you want to treat this show compassionately and treat these characters as real people, joking, like, making this a running gag. None of these jokes are even important enough to, like, really give a lot of time to land. They just happen one after the other after the right. other. Like, this is not important enough to, like, think about or grieve about or, like, whatever. It's just like, haha, Bill's so sad he wants to die. Yeah, a you, little awkward. That was definitely, that, that was definitely, like, an un uncomfortable, like, oh, this episode is, like... The framing on this one's a little weird. Yeah. Like, I think if it had been just a little bit different, I would love this episode a lot more. I'm not asking for the characters to be perfect. I'm just asking for, like, when they're being shitty, for them to be framed as being shitty. Yes. Like, right. even if it's shitty with good intentions, which I know is a thing that happens, and I've been there, and I've been that person. Um. Uh. But, yeah. No, like, this especially, like, again, like, as a trans person... Like I, that I, wasn't a real bad. I, like I'm not saying that they were displaying well, him as a trans person. I am absolutely not saying that. But I'm like they're, that they're, kind of joke makes it harder for trans oh, people. Oh, absolutely. They're, I like they're I, definitely yeah. tapping into that well. For, yeah, for, a, for I, a joke. Even though there wasn't something that was specifically stated, like I got the feeling that the treatment at the party, because of the fact that Hank jumped in there and did that, like that it was something that even though it wasn't something where he came out just yelling like. Fuck all you guys! Right, like, like he was un he was he he was trying to de-escalate, which is the right thing to do in a situation like that, because like most people don't want to back because like those people who are making fun of Bill, they think they too think that they are guardians of their community, they are stewards of their culture, and by making fun of this guy, they're doing the right thing. So confronting them is not going to make them change their behavior. You're only going to escalate. What Hank did was like maybe the best fucking response he could. Again, I'm cussing. That's Sorry. Fine. We're um, not live. We're not on the radio. Okay. You're good. Um, uh, But I'm trying to cut it down. But, like, so, like, that was maybe the best creative idea that, like, Hank could have come with. And, like, first of all, one, it was a good idea. He's de-escalating. Um, and, two, it was really brave. Those people could have turned on him, too. You know? Like, it was really brave for Hank to, like, step back from, like, his 
I'm a dude. Or, well, I'm a dad. I'm a man. I don't do these things. It's wrong to do these things. It is. It would lessen me to do these things and then do them to keep his friend safe. Like, that is a moment I did really respect Hank. Yeah, I, I, I would say like the possible cynical counterpoint was how much of that do you think that did the writers intend that where they were just like, oh, this is this would be a funny way to heighten this scene. I'm, I'm not really sure because like Hank isn't being especially silly. And given like the sort of like punchiness of the the suicide jokes earlier, I think like it is in their wheelhouse to like frame a joke like that. Um, I definitely think that it's very clear that Hank is trying to get the attention off of Bill. Yes. And like normalize the behavior. I'm not sure they're thinking like, well, how can Hank deescalate this? Because, like, that's the thing I think about, like, as an online moderator. You can't keep a people off your website. You just have to think about how to make them behave the way you want to. And, like, Hank is using a creative problem solving to do that. Um, I'm sure also part of it is that, like, Hank is trying to make it seem like a gag so that, like, he's not embarrassed in front of all of these clients because that's an important part of this Christmas party. The, the propane company's entire client list is coming. And this is, like, a big thing, their family Christmas party. And, yeah, so, like, it's a weird space yeah. one thing i will say and David this is, hill it's a weird space well, <laughs> one one thing that uh that i'll use and I, so i think that the show obviously is does better in different episodes dealing with the lgbt issues yeah they, some of the they, later stuff with bobby yeah. is like really heartening i mean it looks like here they have uh, what the second season yeah so second, yeah. third season. Um, I guess there's an episode, 20, 2003, My Own Private Rodeo won an award from the, or was nominated by the GLAAD Media Awards for uh, Outstanding Individual Episode in a Series Without a Regular Gay Character. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very specific we award. We are real hungry for representation, let me tell you. So. Um, yeah, no, and like, like, that was another thing. I was really eager to come back to King of the Hill, like, because I stopped watching it, like, when I went to college in 2005, because, like, who can afford cable? Yeah. Um. Uh. And like it's, it was running till what? Two thousand and seven. Ten. 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 So like I missed the last three years, and I saw a lot of memes, and I saw other people talking about like how cool Bobby was, and I'm sure you've all seen that long form comic about, uh, Bobby and Bart talking about their fathers to their therapist. Mm-hmm. If no. you've not, it's really good. <laughs> um. Or maybe it's Bobby, Bart, and Brian from Family Guy. Anyway, like so, but it's actually like I think a really good discussion on masculinity and fathership and blah, 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 all of these things that I could talk about for like ever um uh but like hit the slider josh (laughs) what i'm saying is like i was really excited to come back to this thing that i remember as being fairly thoughtful and then like later episodes having like a thoughtful take on like how bobby interfaces with gender for instance like being really thoughtful about that and like to come back to this episode and be like this is like this is not the main point of the episode but it is a lot of what i remember about this episode aside from like this the constant suicide joke yeah like, yeah, this one was a little hard to watch. And, like, if I'd never liked King of the Hill in the first place, I think I'd, like, I wouldn't have complicated feelings about this. I'd be like, look how dumb this is. But now I'm just like, uh, why do I have to, like, think about this? Why are you making this so hard well, now for me? Now I feel like I chose three bad episodes. Because yeah. that's the thing. It's, like, it's so hard to determine what's well, the there's, right thing. There's, and everybody, yeah. like, there's a, the, the online groups are so hard to, to gauge off of. Because there is, like, oddly a lot of Peggy hate. Like people just saying, I'm like, not at all surprised by that. There was a lot of Skylar hate in Breaking Bad, and she's an amazing character. I think part of the problem is that she challenges Hank, mm-hmm. you know, and like she does have a slightly sort of like uh, the voice, like the quality of voice is like supposed to, I think, be like this is a dumb person, and like she, she can be like Peggy can be like especially neurotic sometimes, but she's yeah. often like she's often the more like reasonable and determined one versus Hank. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And then you have Luann who kind of just gets <laughs> wrapped up into whatever's going on. I do like that in the first episode with the fish. I liked the fishing episode, actually. Like, I don't, like, I have some, like, general, I have a lot of feelings about, like, living an examined life lately. Um, uh, so, like, that's it. But I really do like the fishing episode. I think it's mostly pretty funny. I do like that Luann is like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to fix your truck, Uncle Hank. <laughs> like, hot damn, girl, go for it. Yep. Like, Get that shit together. She's got like the most southern haircut imaginable. Oh God, it's so much hairspray. It's a, it's a, <sighs> very on the nose. It's beautiful. Oh, then we got the last episode. Bobby goes nuts where he kicks people in the. Welcome nuts. to there the internet. <laughs> this is the memed one. Yeah, no, like I think that's one of the, the difficulties of a show format like this, where like, uh, this was running from ninety seven to two thousand ten. It's what a you said. huge breadth of episodes. It's a huge breadth of episodes, and like. Some important, again, to jump in the political corner, some important events happened between those two days. I would say it's, it's interesting in this, like, The Simpsons was the biggest, like, from spanning the 90s. And generally, the agreed upon time that Simpsons started getting really bad was, like, seasons 10 through 12 is, like, was the drop off. Uh, and that kind of coincides with the early aughts, I think. And so King of the Hill is it's later than The Simpsons. So this, it, it hit, like, like you're saying, a lot of, a lot of big changes. Including a a show about which is supposed to be a sympathetic view of Southerners and bleeds right into the Obama administration. Yeah, which is when like, we which is when we see. Let's to be fair, the the people in the South absolutely losing their shit. Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. I, I yeah. Some people I know said some really uh, embarrassing things. Um, uh, and like one of the things I do like is that they're not like they're not painting the show as idiots. Like right. especially just in the fishing episode, like. Uh, Hank name drops like four different presidents. <laughs> like he's talking intelligibly about do, what I, happened in these eras. I laughed. I did laugh that he's like, I hope this isn't one of those Carter appointments. And like, yes! okay, that's it. Like, I, 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 I don't agree with what he's saying, but that was a well, that was, it was a, a well good joke, crafted joke. It was a good joke, and it was funny. Yes. Um. Uh. But yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, Only like, president I voted for was Dole. <laughs> right. And the fact that he voted for Dole is so great. Yeah. He's, he's yeah it's like oh you're adorable, right? And the only thing the only thing he's on is uh, our pain medications, and he earned them. <laughs> he earned them. Yeah. And like that's not a like that's that's great. Like that's a good set of jokes that tells yeah. you a lot about who Hank is and his values, and that he's like willing to make allowances for people who've made sacrifices. Like that is like a that's a really cool character moment. I think <laughs> like talking is like a meta sort of like that's that's that tells you a lot about yeah, yeah. who he is and what he values. Um, the episode I always remember as far as political was the one where he gets to meet George uh, W. Bush. and he, I remember that. And he's super excited to meet him, and Bush just kind of like, oh, and just shakes his hand, and he's like aghast that Bush's handshake is so, like, nonchalant and not, like, he doesn't give him a big, like, manly handshake. He's just, and so he sends help to having this, like, existential crisis because Bush's handshake was not, like, was not, like, strong enough. Right, that, like, this cultural hero failed to meet sort of this Minimum and bar of and I think remember the whole episode and... was him just like, should I still vote for him? And he finally, in the end, is like, yes, I'm going to rush to the polling place the last second to vote for him. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Asshole. But anyway, <laughs> but it was a funny, it was a funny, like, setup for a show. And I think, like you're saying, it's, it reveals a lot about his character. Yeah. No. And I think, like, the shows have good writers. I just think yeah. that, like, unfortunately, when you're creating, a, like, a show that is not, I don't know, like, they do cast a critical eye on a lot of sort of, like, Southernisms, but perhaps like you were saying, like probably not in not in a not in a broad enough sense. Like uh, I don't know, like maybe that show wouldn't have been fun. Like maybe what I want is a Ken Burns documentary, <laughs> and like we're never gonna get that out of King of the Hill. Anyway, yeah. he made one. It's called The Civil War. He made several. They're very good. I'm yes. a big Ken Burns fan. That baseball one is really good. I think I'm the only baseball fan. In the this Vietnam, room. like total aside, but the Vietnam one, it was 
unbelievable. Our like, April Fool's stream, which we should do something with just Ken Burns documentaries. Ooh. This is your sleep aid. Sorry, Josh, we're running all over your show. That's fine. It's oh, Ken good. Burns. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Bobby. So, like, it is really hard. Burns. I can understand, like, like, the struggle of picking, like, episodes that, like, <laughs> you haven't seen in a while. You may not have seen every episode. Like, picking what the uh, the sort of fans of the show agree to be, like, the top tier episodes is, like... This one, I will agree, was a good choice because not only is this a meme, but I think this, like like you were saying, it hits at the idea of like unexamined uh, so, like kind of subplots in this show. And, this show. and there's one that got at me. So we'll, let's... Okay. Do you want to run us through the so, synopsis, yeah. Josh? Basically, Bobby gets beat up at school. Uh, or not actually at not school. Not even at school. He... In, in the cusp of his own yard. Yes. <laughs> Poor uh, kid. So goes next, you know, there's just well, He a... was being kind of a creep. <clears throat> Wait, but... hold on a second. Which episode did the family next door move in because we oh no i was oh, watching the, that was a different episode i watched the wrong one never mind good all right good yep. the, the cons yeah that's not a great episode to rewatch yeah uh so bobby goes nuts this is the later one season six episode one <clears throat> uh basically uh there are there is a sleepover going on next, next door um the girls invite bobby over uh, his shirt rips when he comes over across into the room. Um, he jumps through the window, which is like adorable because Bobby's not that athletic, but here he is. He's going to have fun. Uh, he just kind of hangs out a bit. Then some creepo guys show up. Uh, they start being jerks, push Bobby around. Uh, the sleepover, uh, I forget, um, the father's daughter. Or Connie? Con yeah, Connie's father shows up and says like and pretty much likes the guy the other guy who came in because his dad is on the the membership thing at the country club right he's clearly like sucking up to him yeah he's brown nosing right. so hard so you know uh bobby has to leave but in leaving the kids show up and essentially make him eat grass um and so because of that hank's like well you got to get tough you got to be able to stand up so i'm gonna go ahead and make you you know go take boxing lessons at the y he goes to the Y, and the Y is like, uh, that class is full up. And then Bobby's like, listen, I need something. I have Do to come back. Do your job, sir. Yeah, I, I like <laughs> that. Oh, that was... Yeah, it was very good. So he's like, listen, there's one class. And he's like, sure, I'll take it. So he goes and he goes into this class and sits down, and all the ladies just kind of look over and go like, are, are you? It's a room full of women and one other guy. And then the guy gets up and starts putting on protective padding. Yeah, and all, all the ladies are like, are you? I, you? You shouldn't be here. And Bobby wants more. It's like, this is the only thing I have. This is the like, only thing left available to me. Yeah. So they're like, okay. And essentially it is a women's self-defense class where the breadth of it is yelling loudly and then kicking guys in the groin. I, I also, I'll begin my, my talk about this episode by saying that like, like you don't teach like, <laughs> like Hank's how, how like short-sighted Hank is, is like you learn self-defense. So you learned boxing. Yeah, like that doesn't. It's not a self defense like martial art. Yeah, like it, not only is it not self defense, but boxing is kind of expensive to pick up. Yeah, and, like and it really doesn't really hard on you. Yeah, it is. So like I don't know why Hank would have been like boxing. Well, because anything else to him, is that's not like, American. That's 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 man. That's manly like. Oh, right, but personal like, combat. Nobody I knew right boxed like you fought in this like tussled or whatever like but. Boxing? No. Like yeah. they might get you a punching bat and, and teach you how to throw a punch, but like, it, like it felt weird that he was like boxing. Well, as I say it's uh, as somebody who took like, you know, for various different styles of like martial arts growing up. 
that none of it was anything at all useful. Like it's <laughs> at not, least it's not something you in a self defense situation, right? If you were a trained boxer and you were physically at that level, like yeah, you could you can punch and you know how to do a lot of upper body stuff, but it's not like a, it's not a self defense like right. Yeah. Whereas I will say that most martial arts. Like it just arts feels above, weird that Hank didn't like, get like a, a a busty old like. He thing. didn't get a he didn't uh, get a like punching a, bag hanging up at a tree and like show his son how to throw a punch. Like that's weird to me. Well, anyway, that's a, that's a quibble. I, that's the, a quibble. The, okay, keep going with the episode summary. Yeah. So basically, he's in the class. He learns that he can do this, <laughs> and he puts it to use when he gets attacked once more in class, or, or this time in class, and promptly just yells, "That's not my purse." I don't or, know That's not you. your purse. Yeah. I don't know you, and kicks him straight in the nuts and wins. Yeah. Uh, like also props to Connie for sticking with Bobby because like the boys. The, the crappy boys come up and are like, hey, do you still taste dirt when you kiss him, Connie? She's like, not anymore. And like, maybe that's not the most clever thing. <laughs> I, but like, she's making it clear that she doesn't need Bobby to have some sort of structure. I like her character. She's like, yeah. a, she's a nice addition to the show. I love Connie. Yeah. Um, for- but like, she's not like, I need Bobby to be like quarterback or whatever. She's right. like, I like Bobby the way he is, you know? And, and like, that's and, cool. And she even gets kind of upset when he's just like, you know, kicking nuts all over the school. And she's like, I liked it better when you just like talked your way out of this kind of thing. Yeah. And examined life. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Bobby essentially goes on a nut kicking spree. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, it's kicking nuts all over the town. Yeah. Starts threatening people that he will kick their nuts. Becomes a force to be reckoned with. Uh, eventually, Hank gets brought into the uh, into the, the principal's, principal's office. office. Principal's office because uh, Bobby has been start fighting and getting into it, and Hank's all sorts of like, "Well, you know, I don't see what the problem is. He's just defending himself, thinking that Bobby is, you know, fighting normally." And then gets told by Bobby that he's just kicking kids in the nuts. And Hank is like, "What? You can't do that, Bobby." You do such a good impression. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> But uh, so promptly goes home, brings out the boxing gloves, and he's just like, "Here, put these on. Come on, you know, block, block." And he punches his kid in the face. I mean, he's given he's given like little I, I, I know. little pops. It's still, you know. But Bobby is getting upset because his dad is huge and knows how to do this, and he doesn't know how. So he moves to the one thing he knows he can do, which is to kick his dad in the nuts. To the point that and he gets some real good. Yeah, he, he gets does. some way good. Like one of the t- they can't, like a paramedic has to come. He blacks out from the pain. They're like, well, his left testicle is blah blah. blah. And they're like, well, what about the other one? They're like, ah, uh, it'll probably show up when the swelling goes down. We can't find it. <laughs> we can't find it. So yes, he is incapacitated for a while. Um. He's sitting in a chair. Bobby brings him some ice cream. He just, like, he just puts it on his nuts. Hands Bobby, I'm sure, some melted peas. Yeah, but then Bobby finds out that he pretty much has carte blanche control of the house at this time. Because well, so the neighbor who is like this incredible jerk and like really like has a, a like a beef with Hank. He's like a reverse Ned Flanders. He is. That, is I, like, that might be a the good, mega Flanders. That might yes. be intentional too. Oh, I'm sure these shows were both on Fox. They and King of the Hill came on before The Simpsons. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. So like the the neighbors like uh, you Who, should challenge your dad for supremacy essentially. Like while he's down on his like now that he's having to rest. Well, he he says like I heard you kicked like so and so like that was bad. Then you did kick your father, and I'm amused by that. So I'm conflicted. 
uh, yeah, and so, like, uh, Hank, like, he's playing a video game, and Hank's like, well, hey, you're grounded, you're not allowed to do that, and Bubby's like, sure, sure, when I finish this level, and walks away, and, like, Hank's, like, hobbling after him, and, like, no, you turn that off right now, but he can't enforce it, so, like, Bobby's, like, it's that weird, like, I think, like, a lot of teenage boys go through that, like, where they're, they're at the point where, like, they're bigger than their parents, and then, like, suddenly, like, hi, I don't understand why I have to listen to what you say, because you can't make me anymore. Um, yeah. and then, uh, then he sasses Peggy. Yep, that big mistake. Then he tries to use the same move on Peggy, but Peggy has a different thing. Yes, her anatomy is just a little bit different. And so, because of that, he loses. And I like that she just flat out tackles him. Yeah. I mean, let's like he's how old is he at this point? Like he's in is high he school? in middle school, I think. Is he in middle school? Is it? Yeah, I think he has to be. Middle school, maybe early high school. Yeah, but like, I feel like, like he's got like a freshman sophomore sort of mm-hmm. vibe to him. I still think I think it's middle school. I think he's like an eighth grader. Okay, that's fair. But uh, but yeah, she, she, so he's like young enough to bounce back from that kind of shit. It's not really abuse. She re- she wrestles him to the ground in front of all their neighbors. Yeah, she takes her glasses off to do it too. That's how you know she means business. I did like he kicks her and she's like I like she's like she's very smug about it. But, like that would still that would still really hurt. That would still really hurt. Um, it's a lot of nerves. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. And so then Bobby learns. Humility? I don't remember. Not to kick... You can't kick ladies in the nuts? I'm not sure what the object lesson of this episode was. Besides just it being a kind of funny episode. It was about, pretty funny, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, it'd be hard to suss out a message. But Humility? To avoid hubris? Perhaps. He flew too close to the sun. <laughs> like, like Icarus. <laughs> yes. Uh, like Icarus. He, he kicked one too many nuts. He tied a string to the entrance of the maze like Perseus and entered the... I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Mm. Something. Yeah. No, I like this episode too. I felt pretty warm about this one. Yeah, and I like. I don't know. This just gets to, to the, the the thing that got to me was like he they they hinted the idea that like oh there's this you know you don't fight you, you don't hit below the belt and like it's just not what men do and and the, like the counterpoint is me like but it's also like terribly unmanly and dis- and dishonorable to like just blatantly just pick on people who are much smaller and weaker than you. So but one would hope. It yeah, so it's, it's the idea that like, oh, like it, it's just your duty as a man to be able to fight back, but in this like very Queensberry fair sort of way. Yeah. Like, no, if someone is legitimately like physically like, like harassing coming... you too, like this yeah. wasn't like a case of like yeah, no, that just... mythical case of like a stranger that you don't know for no reason attacking you. Like, right. This is a very real case it's of like somebody for... who lives in your community yeah. and who is respected and who is abusing you, and like you, uh, you have no recourse. Yeah. Kick him in the kick no, him no, in the no, nuts. No, do whatever you want. Like and then kick him while he's down. Yeah. I'm all for it. Like this isn't like like you're you're the one breaching the social contract here. Yeah. Like fuckhead. Yeah. If you get like yeah, it's like I'm gonna take you like I'm gonna take you down and I'll kick you in the face if I need to. Right, like this person is not They're not playing by the they're not playing by the quote unquote rules. Right. The rule is to just hurt Bobby. So this like is that's ta- the yeah. game so for this them. Is, this is some this is some king Bobby of the hill. Bobby needs to like Disincentivize that particular game. This is some King of the Hill toxic toxic masculinity. Uh, thank you for not making me say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, like my I'm thir- like my mouth's dry. Cause I'm in this like room. It's really warm, and I'm I'm talk I'm thumbling over the words. I'm sounding Tox- I'm sounding like Jeremy. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> I, I I was I was through the first syllable. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> toxic. But it is, and that's what, and that's what I feel this episode is about, and they don't really resolve it, like you're saying. It is unexamined. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think, 
And he'll message. I like that Bobby doesn't feel less by going to the women's self defense. Yes. Um, and I do like that the women are like, yeah, hey, you're being kicked and you're down here and we should empower each other. And like, way to go, everybody. <laughs> Good job. Um, I do like that. She's like, I don't hate men. <laughs> but the only thing you teach yourself to start yourself is, is, uh, is an ad kicking. So, I mean, that was the only class it seemed he took. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. We don't know like where in the course material that was. Like if that was like your emergency, this is our first thing. And then we're going to use like body balance and stances, and then we'll move on from there. Yeah, you or if that was like the whole class, the one day. You didn't see the follow-up episode of Mace and Tasers. <laughs> and how to use your keys like motherfucking knives. <laughs> like, dude, this this class is pretty hardcore. <laughs> Bobby didn't get to take the hardcore part of class. He like, didn't find hubris. out. Yeah. The lesson was hubris. It, it was not women's self-defense. You didn't know it was crawl my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Later later it's a bunch of like Texas like uh like housewives. Learning how to fight like Palestinian terrorists. <laughs> it's like grabbing assault rifles and beating them with it. Oh. So that's 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 what got to me at this episode was I they don't I don't I don't feel that that was addressed. It was like yeah no they're they're, they're the bullies are physically like like predating on you like you you do you do what you feel comfortable doing but I will not fault you for like destroying their nuts. Right. Yeah. I mean, just like. <laughs> That was an examined like uh, that like that Hank sometimes just acts like a like a, a slightly gentler Homer sometimes, <laughs> you know, of of just like his response. Like he's pretty good generally, I think, about not responding always to violence. But like he doesn't have like a very complicated emotional toolbox, and I get it. That's realistic. He's a uh, simple. He's a simple man. He sells propane and propane accessories. Uh, yeah, but like the framing sometimes like is just and the Simpsons in general are more slapstick and cartoon. yeah, absolutely. And so like it makes it easier to be like, oh well, you're that is supposed to be you're not supposed to think about that. This is portrayed a more realistic way, and I think with that frame, you need to be more responsible, right? And especially early episodes, um, like it's weird because like when this started when this started coming out, I was watching it. I was a young Republican, mm-hmm. and so like obviously things are different now, <laughs> um. In retrospect, some of my perspective is a bit different now. Just, just dismiss the opposite side of things. Uh, yeah. So, like, actually, generally, like this episode, I wish that, like, like you said, like they talked about bullies as more than like a, like a one-off thing. Like, I think that's a real, like, that's a. I don't want to say it's a stigma, but like that's a thought that we struggle with today. That like abusers are often not like a single incident. That they're right. people who are like deliberate and they pick their prey and like these things are not like. And- and I, he's picking on Bobby because he can and because he knows no one will stop him. And our societal and like educational structures like never seem to be able to adequately deal with that. Well, maybe maybe I'm figuring out the thing that I like, but ultimately is it's misgiving, which is the fact that the show is attempting to talk about these things that existed and weren't normally talked about at this time. Degree. I mean, that's fair. I don't know that I was but, watching a lot of TV that talked about this stuff. But then they don't stick the landing. Yeah. They don't completely nail it, which I will completely give. Yeah. Like the show is trying to talk about things to in a di- in a dialect that is like rural and, you know, and, you know, a, the Small Midwest. Small town and simple life. Yeah. And, and this is what Americans look like. And it's dealing with these things that generally have broader implications or broader senses. And they're touching them, but they're not 
completely going all the way. Well, I mean, like, again, I keep coming back to, like, framing. Right. You know, like, uh, you can you can show the same action, but depending on how the characters around it react or how you score it or how you, like, shoot the scene can give you a different emotion about how to feel. Like, who who does it? That one with the old man watching a woman in the park with a kid? And, like, if you do it one way, like, oh, it's this old fatherly figure looking at this wholesome family image. And the other way is, like, look at this perv. And so, like, that's framing, and I think that's really important. And I think that, like, we... I think it would be a bit much to ask King of the Hill to talk about uh, in the same episode that you want to talk about, like, expect like toxic masculinity and expecting this to also talk about how, like, predators are, like, deliberate and that the idea of sort of this bumbling predator is, like, something that predators want you to think so and that they can keep doing the bad thing. And that's well, a lot to ask them to cover in a 30-minute episode. And, and this is an era in which, like, when they're showing, like, you know, kid, the idea of, like, bullies at school is, like, they're treated as a, like, force of nature. They're just a thing yeah. that rather than, like, this is a person's, like, th- th- this is a, like, s- this is an issue with this person. That's, right. That's, like... There's... Not why is this person doing this or, like, let's talk to the bully because, like, something like 87% of bullies are, like, uh, also, like, a lot of people who are bullies are bullied themselves. And, like, right. the people who are doing these sort of actions are either doing it for their personal pleasure or because they find them... They, most people think that they are stewards of their community. Most people find themselves like to think of themselves as a good person doing good things and making right. the world a better place. And so what that often comes down to, and I think this is the real line that I'm drawing with King of the Hill, is that King of the Hill doesn't, like, comes to that line and says people want to see themselves as good and most people, I think, are trying to be good and so they think that's enough. Right? And what I want is for, like... It, to make a point. Well, not necessarily even to make a point, but to look at why you're doing what you're doing what the real effects of what you're doing are, and, like, is it worth changing? And, like, a lot of stuff in King of the Hill comes back to status quo, and I think, like, uh, like at the end of the episode, things are generally where they were before, and I, I particularly find that kind of thing very unsatisfying because then, like, what was the point? The lessons we learned along the way that you will forget next episode? Right. Because that's how, like, this format of TV show works. Right. It, this is, this is um, a show where it, it's more or less a reset to zero. Right, and so, like, I find that unsatisfying, and it means that any issues you do deal with, um, you're immediately cleaning the slate and therefore erasing everything. So, like, you're meaning, you're, you're, like, you're immediately saying by cleaning the slate and setting back to zero that it didn't matter anyway. You know, and... if, if it's just a show just about these people's lives and whatever it resets to zero, then it's not so much, it's more noticeable when, like, this show seems to be actively trying to deal with real issues. Yeah. And it keeps, and then, then, then when you reset, it's like, Oh, that was like weird because they were trying to make. They seemed like you, they were heading you, towards an actual point. You you were trying to. You, it felt like you were trying to say something important, but the fact that nothing changes right. sort of means that like, well, how important was it anyway? So like, these particular episodes I think highlight uh the like have problems that are like really important to me, and so it's easy for me to like yammer on about it. I see how fast the clock or how slow the clock is moving. I imagine for everybody listening, but like, um, yeah, like the reset to zero, as I think like thing that like again like I think this is a thing that I just personally find very unsatisfying and anytime you try to have like not necessarily like I'm they think they're really good about not making very special episodes King of the Hill <laughs> right like they do talk about a thing generally sometimes it's a slapsticky episode and sometimes it's talking about something more serious um but the fact that nothing changes means why should, should I care you know and so like it was because this was a show I really liked, and because some of the later seasons are better at dealing with those sort of issues, 
um, coming back and trying to rewatch it, I was really excited about this, actually. And I think if I hadn't been, if those two previous things hadn't been true, I'd be like, eh, this is fine. But because I had, like, high hopes, and now I'm dealing with my disappointment and my feelings, <laughs> like, it becomes a more tenuous beast. Mm-hmm. Well, and as said, like, it, it is unfortunately dealing with, like, three episodes out of, like, 230. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure that this is a good, like, a slice but, of King of the but Hill, I, but, but I'm not I sure want, what else would be. But I, yeah, but I kind of like, like, this discussion that we've had, as much as it's kind of, it's a slight bummer, just because it's like, oh, you know, I kind of wanted to, to come in here and just, like, hold up hands and go, like, yeah, good good time, buddies, right? It's right, not, but, not Men in Black. But It's not just, like, guys, <laughs> we fucking did yeah. it. We picked the best thing in the universe. But I didn't I didn't do that on purpose as well because I I even knew like this is still contentious in a way. Right. Like I it was something that I didn't that I was conflicted about before, still am conflicted about and will continue to be for various reasons. Yeah. Um I do want to say one thing which is at least in the point of the second episode, the pretty, pretty dresses, it was dealing with suicide. And there are not a lot of things out there, even in a comedic sense that even try and touch that topic. Yeah. But I think handling it poorly, especially in the case of suicide is worse than not handling it all. Like that's not true of every special subject. And like, that's an entirely case by case subject. Like, but it's showing like a f- supportive friend structure. I mean, the, yeah. the the fact that it is doing like also, the gags and stuff. Yes, you, you you could. I I did not find like oh look, he's put his head in the oven. Like it's not like yeah, that's not anything that I look at and I laugh. But it, it's showing like hey, he you this is somebody who is troubled that all of their friends are gathering up around them. That when he's in a bad situation, they're all going they're you know that they are there to support and that will actually like. Even though Hank's first attempt is an utter failure, you know, his second attempt actually is something that gets through to him and that he's he's willing after his friend has repeatedly week after week after week just driven him nuts about it. He's like, no, he's my friend. You know, he was he was my, you know, offensive line. I've he I'm always going to have his back. So, yeah, I I admit that 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 like it is not perfect in any way but sure, I, there yeah. are there are points of of that yeah and i mean like that i think that was like a fairly um like there are parts of the episode that i actually really like like the fact that so they're at the beginning of the episode we didn't cover it but they're inviting bill over to dinner every night so he's not alone um which is like a real chill thing to do like that is a cool yeah way to like make sure that your friend has like time to process and be alone but also like to come together and share a meal which is a very human thing and a thing that like is important to like well-being for most people right. which bill um, unfortunately destroys each one yes. in a bizarre way yes uh and hank sets boundaries with bill and that's fair and good and i think uh something we do need to talk about more like just because your friend is in trouble doesn't mean that you should hurt your i mean like that's obviously a decision you have to make but sometimes setting boundaries is what you need sometimes you can't help your friend and trying is only going to make both of you hurt and so like it's fair for hank to be like hey if you're not going to take this seriously, if you're like, we need to have boundaries, you know? And I think that's good that we show Hank setting boundaries. I think they don't frame it like that. Like, I think they frame it as like, and now he's just angry. He's finally fed up with him. Right. And like, that's not a cool set. Like, I don't know. Part of this is, this is the rabbit hole I've been down a lot lately <laughs> about like media and representation and like hyper reality and like that we use narrative as a model. 
Mm-hmm. Right, like you don't think about it as you're watching King of the Hill. Like, yes, this is how I will model my life. But reading stories and watching movies is is like how our brain practices handling situations, and like how responsible you are, are you as a media creator with like with that like frankly terrifying responsibility that like everyone who watches this this is going to be part of their brain and how they think about things even if they don't remember it right like this is part of the practice that your brain does to like what would happen if my friend was in bill's place you know like your brain is going to run through this procedure um you may not that may not be what you finally decide to do but like that's there and like it like i it's i don't think it's fair to put the responsibility on creators but like that is the actual effect of media and so, like, that's a weird place. Yeah. King of the Hill. That's a weird place. Weird. It's a weird space. <laughs> weird place. I, I, I wanted to make a macro point about King of the Hill because we've talked about this in previous episodes about because we, you know, on this show, we might deal with a lot of things from the 90s. And I really like a completely different podcast that I listened to kind of touched on this. And I think they made a really salient point in that, like, there seemed to be this cultural force in media in the 90s where we felt like. Like, you know, the Cold War is finally over, and it's like, okay, it's the new, it's the 90s, everything's cool. Like, we're finally going to, like, solve these, like, social issues that have been, like, plaguing us. We're, guys, we're going to, we're, we're going to take racism, we're going to figure it out. And, like, oh, we're gonna, yeah, like, but it's like, oh, wait, like, as they said in the pie, it's like, oh, no, it turns out we're all insane morons, and we're going to, like, we just fuck it up even harder. But the idea is that, like, I feel like there was this, there was this kind of cultural uh, zeitgeist of, like, like we're gonna like we're gonna solve the uh, so oh, the, absolutely these like, social issues by just examining them. We're gonna figure it out, and it, it's gonna be easy because now like we don't have to worry about the Cold War. We're all smart, and we've all right. Be- and like surely, like uh, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 these aren't that complicated, right? We're at the end of history. Finally, Whoops. yeah. We, it's like it's it's guys. It's all downhill from here, and it's like I think that was I think that shows itself in like. There was some recent kerfuffle with The Simpsons. I think someone about the like the, the Apu and everything. Yeah, I can't believe that they made Lisa say that. Yeah, that was that was really like wow. Okay, like the, the, here the Simpsons Lisa. is finally the Simpsons has finally come full circle of just completely reversing itself. But um, it's but yeah, but the Simpsons was like that when like we're gonna like you know we're gonna have representation of these other minority characters and like by modern standards they're quite stereotypical. But for the time like. It was like, hey, this is like, like Apu is a is a stereotypical like Indian American, but he was he was like a sympathetic character, even if he was a stereotype. And at the time, we were like, guys, this is like, look how fucking good this we are, like look at this great character we designed. Now uh, it's like, oh, this was, you know, this got some problems. But I think that I think King of the Hill feels like that was like, you feel like you want to you, you want you want to you want to. I have a, I mean, I I think that's a, I think. I have a response to that that I would like to take off the table, off sure. the air, because uh, I think that'll be a good conversation, not necessarily good listening. Right. Um, unless you, if, we do want to do a Mags podcast. Yeah, corner. if you want to have Mags's three-hour podcast, we're yeah. Uh, but uh, but I, 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 I would just say that like I think King of the Hill was uh, uh, is of the era in which they- I actually, I they, feel- they, they, they take a big bite out of some issues and may not be able to swallow that big bite. That's a really interesting opinion. I'll have to think about that. So I again like like you were saying like because even though they have good intentions and they they might fuck it up and it's not it's, it's not good but I, I'm just saying I think that's the cultural context from which this show springs. Yeah, and I think actually, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I'm comfortable ending that. Yeah, that's fine. As far as the podcast, King of the Hill, goes. King of the Hill, King of the Hill. Um, uh, uh, mixed oh. bag and interest. Like I think it has an interesting legacy, and I don't think that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. But like, um, context is important. You should look at the episodes before you watch them. Because sometimes they can train media that might upset people. 
uh, and they, it's not necessarily handled in a sensitive way. So, like, if seeing somebody try to commit suicide six different ways in very jokey manners is going to make you upset, like, you know, uh, read the synopsis beforehand. I, I will end with one final King of the Hill thing in which my favorite gag of the entire three episodes we watched was the was Dale trying to bust out his, like, sovereign citizen speech, and they just, oh like, talk to himself. Yes. Like, ah. Yeah, like, no. the gold fringe flag is the name, and you All can't right. court-martial me twice. Just tape him up. Like, I, I, that was so good. Cause it's oh, like, God. this is such a girl. Like, oh, I love I love seeing that conspiracy theory, taken, having the piss taken out of it. By a like a sort of more conservative leaning show, especially yes. it was just like a beautiful even, moment. Even Mike Judge, like this, like I want, I want to take a crack at this, and like it, it, it makes total sense because Dale is the like, so, this is, like the conspiracy theory guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a great character. I like, like Dale's oh, yeah. hilarious. So, um, so that was a, that was a fun scene, and I was I, I I laughed really hard at that. So nothing is more fun than watching. Dale video. get his come up. No, not even Dale, but just watching videos of sovereign citizens. Oh, getting just like, like tased, trying to like force their way into courtrooms, or or like in court and yet not saying anything because they don't believe that they have that there's any right for them yeah, they, to have to say or do anything. These so. Fucking idiots, and they get like they get what's coming to them because they believe in they believe in weird like legal magic, basically. Yeah, basically. Yep. And these people occasionally like will like like will have like shot and killed like traffic cops and much of this. It's real bad. Yeah. All right, King of the Hill. Uh, and that's the note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, sovereign citizens. Madness. No, sir. Don't even once. <laughs> All right. Uh, King of the Hill. Um, and that takes care of our three episode span. So we'll find out next time what we're going to cover. Um, when there's stuff to do. Scheduling is kind of where, yeah, we're kind of trying to figure out like because people we're all like boats passing each other in the night right now. So. Uh, hope, I mean, hopefully Martin should be back. Sabrina will not be sick. Yeah, we can figure out if we can get Kyle or anybody else in here to pal around. I've got some. I've got some picks for you. I, some... I went and revised my list of things I'd like to talk about, and I will say it's going to be good. Oh, good. Maybe Very I can. Nice. Maybe I can make another home run sometime. I'll just, just take it. Take an easy. Just a just t-ball swing. <laughs> <laughs> T ball swing. Something gonna... that's like remembered Hitting... well. <laughs> t ball with a cork bat. <laughs> Just Barry Bonds shows up. Yeah. Just like, all right, let's just knock this one. Yeah. Like the field itself is just a peewee. Just <laughs> we got you one of those like really short. Uh, what who's who the little tykes like basketball things so that even I could dunk on it. And you're like eight foot taller you than I am. Downwards on it. Yeah. Well, we could do a little dunk contest with that. It'd be so good. See, I would, I, I would almost think The Simpsons would be that, but The Simpsons. But it would might... be impossible to pick three episodes for The Simpsons. It's completely impossible. We would have to do like a month of just The Simpsons, and I think what we could do like the uh the ascendancy, like the golden age, and then like the downswing. But even that, just we'd have three episodes I... of those. Is just. I think I would just have to say like I'm gonna pick three golden era episodes, and we're just like. Because we've all seen a million episodes of The Simpsons. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen a million episodes One of The Simpsons. One of my neighbors didn't, um, their parents wouldn't let them watch The Simpsons. I know people like that. And then because I w- Bart didn't do his homework. Oh, God. I, I know people who, who like were like that. And then like I show them clips that like, the show was amazing. I'm really sad I didn't see this. was amazing. I'd like, to, I'd like to go and watch it just once in my life from the first episode to the last. Ooh. Like maybe with some like, here's the news of the week. Like a, like a very happened. brief, like, what's the news? I'm sure somebody already has that podcast where they begin, they talk about the episode, what was going on, they talk about the Simpsons episode that week, and then it's like a two-hour yeah. uh, extravaganza of, like, the culture from 1992 to that'll whatever be, that'll be one, Simpsons stop. That'd be one to get Dan on for as well. Probably. Just, yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much just <laughs> knock it out of the park. All right, well, that takes care of us for the Saturday Friends Club this week. We'll come back next week with more Saturday Friends fun. Uh, you can join us over on Twitter at SatFriendsClub, SatFriendsClub.com, and our lovely Patreon people, which I am now close enough to the computer to actually be able to change <laughs> the screen. Has, has, has exerted his enormous mental capacity and figured out how to move <laughs> the chair closer to the screen. It's uh, Our it's, glorious leader. It's... um. Be proud of me. We all have um, pictures of him in our room. Look at him growing. <laughs> Maybe next time I could reach the keyboard, too. With your, ti- with your tiny T-Rex arms. <laughs> you know, roll back the rock. <laughs> clock, whatever. Oh, we're doing rock and roll one of these times. <laughs> all right, I want to do the, the, the rock-a-doodle-doo one one time. Ooh. One bad Don Bluth movie. Ooh. Boy. Oh, I got like I was saying. If we, like I was saying, I'm, we're gonna. There do, are plenty of Don Bluth, bad, Don Bluth movies, but that's the one I love the most. We're gonna do rock and roll one of these times, and we you, have a rock month. You are going, and you are going to not have any fun. Yep. Oh no! <laughs> hey, we got Patreon people like Chuck, Dan, Francis, Item Crafting, Phoenician, and Rodea. If you want to go over to yes. Patreon.com/slash/SatFriendsClub, thank, thank you for donating to us. Yes, thank you. You, you sometimes I listen to our episodes and I hear this, and like people pay for. I mean, they're nice. They're nice people. They like to support creators, and you know, thank you so very much. Yes. If, if you, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's an honor that you enjoy it enough to like be part of the community. Yeah. And we're honored. We're, we're very, very grateful that you, you know, want to give back uh, of just a single dollar. A single dollar will actually get you episodes early if you enjoy this enough and you want to listen to it like your Netflix style of just a big fat dump of episodes. <laughs> Just take a big Could dump we? with Netflix. <laughs> no. You want a no. big Saturday dump? <laughs> I'm missing something here. <laughs> You're a weekend constitutional. Ah, yes. Uh, <laughs> only only once a week. so red. You can't see this, but like, it's glorious. It's nice. Uh, or um, you can go ahead and join uh, for $5 over on their Discord. Just hang out with us and chat and, you know, talk about stuff and will conspire with you about different things and I will follow you on whatever hand headcanon you want to go for, at least for a little while. <laughs> I, I use Discord for a lot of things, so I'm I, I'm on a fair amount and I am always up to discuss whatever bullshit you want yep, to talk about. Always on it, and so is uh, Sabrina and Martin's there every once in a while. So uh all right, we will take care of you and do some more of this next time where we talk about the nostalgia stuff that you like or we like or things like that. Till then sleep well everyone. Good night. Hit this big red button.